Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. afternoon or good night however and whenever it is you may be listening thank you for stopping into another fan tabulous episode of the take it easy podcast the clippers the hawks the 76ers, Utah. Oh my goodness. What a night. What a night of basketball it was yesterday. We'll get to all of that coming up in a little bit with our friend Morgan from Australia, international correspondent on the Lauer After Hours podcast, which you can check out with the link in the description to today's episode, but also international ambassador for the Warriors South Hype Train, the Atlanta Hawks have won in just the most beautiful fashion. I could think of a 26-point comeback against the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll laugh about that with Morgan in a little bit. So make sure to stay tuned. We've also got some special gifts. And uh, if you get the show, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you don't get the show. Not our show, but another show that Lauer After Hours is based off of. If you don't get the show, I'm sorry, if you do get the show, there's a lot of special gifts in there for you. So stick stick with us for Morgan from Australia because we go way deep into the Warriors South hype train. As a lifelong Warriors fan, I'm sorry, as a lifelong Warriors South propagandist for about nine days, Morgan from Australia is here to celebrate and bask in the glory of these Atlanta Hawks. But let's start out with the Clippers. And the best way to start out talking about the Clippers is always with my favorite sound effect that we have in this arsenal. No, it's not the New Orleans Saints last dance theme that is 35 seconds long and took me an hour and a half to edit together. It is the Lob City Clippers anthem that came out in 2000 and I want to say 11, but also, uh, 
we usually play it when bad things happen to the Clippers, and uh, bad things technically happen to the Clippers, but they won game five, and they're one game away, so let's hit Lob City Clippers anyways, because the Clipper curse is well and alive, even if they won game five in Utah, with the Jazz hitting 17 first-half threes. Well, this has been a roller coaster of a 24 hours for the Los Angeles Clippers. You go from being up 2 2, or sorry, tied 2 2 in a series with the Utah Jazz going back to Utah, and you get the news this morning that Kawhi Leonard potentially has a significant ACL injury, but that he's out indefinitely, injured his opposite ACL in the knee. That is not the one that he has knee tendonitis in. By the way, Kawhi, make sure you sign a four-year contract extension this offseason with whichever team you end up playing for. So it's possible Kawhi Leonard may have a torn ACL. Um, right now they're calling it a right knee sprain. But anyways, you look at that and it feels like your chances are totally sunk. And you guys were getting this close. You're now one game away from the Western Conference Finals, just like you were last year, up 3-1 against the Denver Nuggets. Um, but going into today, you were 2-2 two and two with a great chance of winning the series against a Utah Jazz team that felt like they were reeling. With no Mike Conley and injuries to Donovan Mitchell, it felt like the Clipper curse was starting to be broken. And all of a sudden, the Clipper curse came roaring back and said, no, 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 no. Kawhi Leonard, you're going to have a gruesome injury and the team is going to be down its heart and soul and best player and the Utah Jazz are going to hit 17 three-pointers in the first half, uh, which would have put them on pace to hit 34 in the game, with the NBA record being 26. And the Utah Jazz shot 53 three-pointers versus the Los Angeles Clippers, which is the third most in the history of the playoffs. And it felt like everything that the Clipper curse was was coming back to bite them. And yet, the Los Angeles Clippers came marching back to win Game number five on the back of 37 and 15 from Paul George. Marcus Morris, who I called a certified bum multiple times on the podcast, came through with about five three-pointers and over 20 points, filling that role of a third star. And now dubbed by Mr. Ian Eagle, Mr. June, Reggie Jackson came through big for the Clippers. And the Clippers are up 3-2. Now, Clippers fans will tell you without any level of compromise. The job is not done. They have seen this too many times beforehand. And so I wanted to put on my little John Oliver reporting hat here early on before we get to some laughs and fun with Morgan from Australia and talk about the Clipper curse. What is the Clipper curse? Why is the Clipper curse being brought up all the time? And why is it still prevalent despite the fact that an entire generation of basketball fans 
have never seen the Los Angeles Clippers be bad. Yet the Clipper curse is still very much a prominent reality. And if you talk to old people, there's a, I mean, not old, like Gen Gen X, people who grew up in the 90s or grew up in the 2000s, um, you hear them talk all the time about how terrible the Clippers are. Like death taxes and the Clippers being terrible. That has been the existence of the Clipper franchise up until 2010. And yet since then, the Los Angeles Clippers have been nothing but success. The Clippers have never had a losing record for nine straight seasons. They've made eight playoff appearances. The Clippers have been nothing but a smashing success for a decade. And yet the Clipper curse is still a very real thing. So this story goes back to when the Clippers first moved from Buffalo to San Diego in the 1970s. And there's a lot of bad draft picks mixed in there. But ultimately, the the main part of the story that you should take away is that the Los Angeles Clippers uh, trade away their superstar player. um, I want to say McAdoo is his name. Won MVP in 1975. End up trading him away. Fire the coach that ends up going on to win a championship with the Portland Trailblazers, Jack Ramsey. And from there, it's just a string of bad decisions from the Clippers, whether it be drafting players at the top of the draft, having them be good and trading them almost immediately for veteran players, having them go be successful in other places, players saying that they don't want to play for the Clippers and asking to go play somewhere else. Just to, to Bill Walton, joining the San Diego Clippers, breaking his foot, selling the team to Donald Sterling, uh, 1983, getting not one, but two Rookie of the Years on their team in their first contracts. And by 1984, having both of them being traded off the Los Angeles Clippers to 1985 when they were scheduled to get Patrick Ewing, but the implementation of the draft lottery meant they were going to miss out on one of the greatest draft classes of all time, trading down in 1983 from a top draft pick, not making the playoffs for that entire run of the 1980s, despite having top draft pick after top draft pick after top draft pick, sometimes multiple top draft picks, never having a lick of success and just being absolutely horrific. And then they get to the 1990s and this little ragtag bunch of clippers end up making a playoff run in 1992 only to have that playoff run as a seven seed, the first playoff of the Los Angeles Clippers. And the first time they made the playoffs in 20 years, be upstaged by the LA riots of 1992 um, over Rodney King, Uh, the the beating of Rodney King and the murder of Latasha Harlins end up being right in the middle of their playoff series against the Utah Jazz, which they would end up losing. They lose the next year in the playoffs and everything falls apart for the Clippers. And so this is the story that you'll hear older people talk about when referencing the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers have been terrible for 30 years. And it was Donald Sterling having some really strange racist tendencies, lots of bad draft picks, having Elgin Baylor be the the leader of that team for all those years and yet never having uh, anything but immunity within the organization, um, passing on Kevin Garnett and ben, and Rashid Wallace in 1996. Um, in 1998, drafting Michael Oluwolakandi with the first overall pick and having Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, Kobe, I'm not Kobe Bryant, sorry, Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, 
uh, Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, I believe, go after and having just everything go poorly for them as an organization into the 2000s when they finally start making some good moves um, within the organization where they get Elton Brand, former number one pick for a first round pick, and he ends up scoring over 20 a game. Uh, in the 2003 draft, they end up getting the six pick and miss out on Carmelo and Dwayne Wade and LeBron and Chris Bosh because they get the number six pick. But they get Chris Kamen, who ends up being one of the better players for the Clippers across a decade, plays with them for nine straight seasons. And, you know, they get Katino Mobley, they get Quentin Richardson, they get a lot of good pieces coming into the Clippers. And by 2006, they're good enough to win the first playoff series in franchise history. They were terrible for three decades, which is the Clipper curse of just being totally irrelevant, never having a good team. The few times they made the playoffs, just nothing good came of it. And so they go 14 years without making the playoffs. After Just before that, they went 14 years without making the playoffs. They get to the second round. They're 2-2 against the Phoenix Suns. And Raja Bell hits a game-winning shot over them in Game 5 that would help the Suns go on to knock out the Clippers just before they make the Western Conference Finals. They would end up losing to the Spurs anyways, but the Suns hit a dagger three-pointer to eliminate the Clippers and keep them from going up 3-2 headed back to uh, Los Angeles. So the Clippers' curse lives on. They end up tearing down the team. They become terrible again. We've talked about this on the podcast before. They traded the number one the pick that would become Kyrie Irving for uh, Mo Williams to dump Baron Davis's contract. Uh, and ultimately, they get Blake Griffin as their reward for all of their terrible losing in 2009, who they did draft over Steph Curry and James Harden, duly noted. Not that Blake Griffin was bad, but all of a sudden the tides start to turn for the Clippers. The Clippers trade for Chris Paul after the NBA vetoes a trade to the Lakers. By the way, this comes after in 2004, they had a deal in place with Kobe Bryant, and he ended up backing out of the deal once the Lakers traded Shaquille O'Neal to the uh, Miami Heat. So they were about to get Kobe Bryant. Doesn't go. Elgin Baylor gets fired and hits uh, Donald Sterling with a discrimination lawsuit, which, you know, we'll come to find out, probably had a legitimate gripe around it. And they get Blake Griffin in 2009, and they get Chris Paul, and DeAndre Jordan was a second-round pick, and all of a sudden, they form Lob City. And the Clipper curse starts to take on a new form. Because remember, this is a franchise that has never been to the conference finals. Their one trip to the second round ended in a Raja Bell heartbreaking game winner in 2006. And by 2012, the Clippers have a legitimately good team. And they've never looked back. The Clippers have never been bad ever since then. Uh, the Clippers end up getting Lob City together, as you know, by the Taiga anthem that we like playing all the time. And they end up getting to the playoffs uh, with injuries, ending up derailing their first playoff run as a team, unfortunately, for the Los Angeles Clippers. And, you know, as we're seeing in the playoffs right now, injuries can very much be a derailer. But in 2012, they get the five seed. They make it to the second round and get swept out by the Spurs with injuries. Then they win their first division title in franchise history in 2013, 
They are the number four seed bounced out by the Grizzlies. Next year, win their second division title, 57 wins. They make it to the second round. They're up 2-0 on the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is the peak of Lob City. They're up 2-0 on the Thunder. Blake Griffin and Chris Paul get hurt in the next four games. Thunder win the series in six in combination with the fact that in the series just before that, when they were playing the Warriors in the first round, the Donald Sterling tapes were released. And the Donald Sterling tapes ended up being the best Clipper team of the last 40 years get derailed because that's now the storyline that's not being talked about just on ESPN or Fox Sports. It's on CNN. It's on ABC. It's on Al Jazeera. It's on NBC. It's everywhere. And that ends up being part of the derailment of the Clippers. Even though they win the series against the Warriors, there was a scenario where they were going to boycott the game or cancel the game. And ultimately, that Clipper team fell because of injuries to the Thunder in 2014. There's a great documentary on whatever's left of Quibi that you can find on that um, on that like four to five days when the Donald, the Donald Sterling tapes were coming out. So then we get to 2015, 56 wins again, win a first round series against the Spurs and aging Tim Duncan, knocked out the defending champions. Then they faced the Rockets with James Harden. They go up 3-1 on the Rockets, one game away from advancing to their first conference finals with a team that I believe, had they gotten there, would have beaten the Golden State Warriors that ultimately went on to win the championship. And the Rockets came back from 3-1 down to beat the Clippers, no injuries, no nothing, gagged away the series in the loser mentality that they are. And so now the Clipper curse starts to take on a new form. It's all about the harsh, gut-wrenching losses that end up defining these franchises. Or it ends up defining these new teams in Lob City. And then the next year, Lob City loses in the first round, and they never recovered from it. Even though they kept winning 50 games every single season, they get bounced to the Utah Jazz. DeAndre Jordan leaves. Chris Paul demands a trade and goes to the Rockets. A year later, they would trade Blake Griffin and miss the playoffs. And then they would get to the next year and rebound and retool the team a little bit around Lou Will and Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell, whom they all got for the Chris Paul trade. And then the Kawhi Leonard team comes in. And as we know, they lost last year in a 3-1 defeat to the Nuggets. Again, one game from their first conference finals. And this year, they are again one game away from their first conference finals appearance with a team that should and could be good enough to win. And they don't have Kawhi Leonard. And do you, after everything I've said, really trust the Clippers in these circumstances? So that's the backstory on the Clipper curse history, why it is that it is a real thing that uh, can only be explained through the magic of curses. All right, let's talk with our friend Morgan from Australia because there is a lot to laugh at at the Philadelphia 76ers and bask in the glory of our Warriors South Atlanta Hawks. Hello? Hi. Hi, Morgan. Hey, 
What a day. <laughs> what a day. What a day. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I was saying I'm ready to go. Then all of a sudden, Utah hit a three. And I was like, oh, are they going to give me a chance at life there real quick? Just real quick. Are they going to give me some hope? But... <laughs> Oh my gosh, what what a day. What a day indeed. I just feel so much joy today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, first of all, let us just give your credentials real quick. You all know Morgan from Australia, uh, international correspondent for Lauer After Hours and uh, international ambassador for Warriors South and Hawks super fan as of the first time we did this podcast last Tuesday. Yeah, Hawks um, lifer. It's been, a, it's been a week and a half, I tell you what. <laughs> it's been a hell of a week and a half. It has yeah. been a hell of a week and a half. And this is what I want from sport. I want this. I want the roller coaster. I want the all-in, like, you think you're going to have your heart broken and then all of a sudden they clench victory from the jaws of defeat. Not just then, the jaws of defeat from the 76ers <laughs> putting in their backups. <laughs> it's just so excellent. Uh, 26 points. Only Joel Embiid and Seth Curry hit a shot in the second half. Uh, it, it wasn't even Trey Young doing the damage either. It was like Gallinari over here and, and Lemon Pepper Lou knocking down some three. It was just beautiful. There will be some wings it. tonight. There will, be, <laughs> there will be some wings eaten and consumed in Atlanta tonight. And I tell you what, you deserve it. Eat all the wings, my friends. Oh, my gosh. That was beautiful. And it's funny, too, because I'm. it's not like I hate the 76ers. Like, I, I believe in what the process was all about, and yet I just got so much joy. No. So no. much so joy that's where from we differ. seeing the Hawks win. That's where we differ. Like, in, in the sport I follow here in Australia, Australian rules football, there have been teams that have implemented such a process, and a losing culture promotes losing. And it has, or at least worked. in this case, I and, there's no way I can argue with that after the results and, tonight. There's no way, but I it can does. Argue with it, it breeds a culture, and it becomes ingrained in who you are as an organization. And it has not worked for the two teams who tried to outlose each other for years upon years. It has not worked for either of them. It has not worked for the 76ers. I don't care how many times you put up the defensive player of five minutes. I don't care about him. I don't care about Embiid. It's not working. And today was joyous day for people who try to win. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the Atlanta Hawks are totally immune from that. Like the Hawks have been losers for a long time. It's no, just... but I think that I think that they're just losers. Yes, they're losers. But the 76ers have a losing culture, though. <laughs> well, I'm not trusting any process. That's all I can say. <laughs> Especially when you're a Boston Celtics fan with hatred for the Sixers running through your veins. That's right. Up until the Olympics, this hatred will continue. (laughs) When you get Ben Simmons back in his 31% free throw shooting. I I just want to see him wear an Australian uniform. Just one time. One time. Just once. Just once. No. Maybe not. Maybe it's too much to ask. I also I love the internet wanting to fire Doc Rivers and trade Ben Simmons immediately after that. I feel very uh, sorry for Doc. Like I'm, I'm a Celtics fan. I love Doc Rivers. I feel bad for him. I don't. 
I, I don't think it's his fault. It's an ingrained culture thing. They're just shit. At both places, the Clippers yeah, the and Clippers the 76 and the 76ers. Like, I'm sorry, he went to a – he was okay at the Celtics. He could win there. Why is that? Uh, because Boston has a championship culture, even though they've won one championship. It doesn't in the last matter. Years. It doesn't matter about the last thirty-five years. It matters about forever. Just because you weren't here to see it doesn't make the history any less important. But what makes your lifetime more important than Doc's lifetime or or Red Auerbach's lifetime? Nothing. Put some respect on those championships that have been won before you. Your no, lifetime's that is, not that's that important. I can put some respect on it, but also be Kyler Murray, who says the Cowboys have been ass his entire lifetime. Like both of those things. That's true, but the the Celtics haven't been ass for my entire lifetime. No, they just haven't been the Boston Celtics. They've had one championship in 35 years. And that's okay, because they've got a hell of a lot before them. Yeah, understandable, but I'm guessing that that's most of your lifetime. It doesn't matter about my lifetime. History is a good thing to know. I can still look up in those rafters in the banner. Well, I can't because I live in Melbourne. But like, if I did, if I was at, <laughs> if I was at the car, if you, the, if you had, if I was at the real garden, yes. if I if I was at the real garden, um, I could look up in the rafters and I could see those banners. And you know what? A banner from 1960 is just as important as a banner from 2010. Okay, keep t- keep telling yourself that. I will, uh, and I'll tell Mike Ryan that, and I'll tell anybody who tries to put shame <laughs> on the fact that it's been 35 years. Shut your mouth. Your lifetime's not that important. You and Knicks fans, isn't it? It's just you guys and Knicks fans, pretty much. <laughs> they don't have nearly as many banners as to hang up in the rafters. Did they put a banner up? Did they put yeah. a banner up for making the playoffs this year? I think they did. I think that's the meme. Either way, that they did indeed drop confetti after winning game one of a playoff series. That's okay. In 2013. Philly dropped confetti when they lost. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. No, that never funny. forget that they dropped confetti when they didn't win. No, that was, that was funny. They accidentally set off the confetti gun. and It wouldn't be the first the- time somebody's gone too soon with a Philly win. Not today. Oh my gosh, that was that was a that was a not so subtle cheap shot right there. But you know what? That is, uh, you know what? We're we're on the same side here. We can argue about how irrelevant the I Boston like Celtics may or Sorry. may not be. No, it is understandable. The Boston Celtics may be irrelevant by one standard and the other side. But you know what? This is a chance to celebrate our Warriors South Atlanta Hawks fandom and the fact that they're somehow against all odds, one game away. From I love that. I love the that they Eastern lost. Though. I love that they, that I got on board and then they lost. They lost two in a row. Yeah. And, then we, and I, I we, love we that. Kinda, yeah. I love that. Cause it like, it just builds a little bit of steel in you. Like, do you really want to be Warriors South? And that's what you've yeah. got to ask yourself. If you're listening to this, now or in the future, do you really want to be Warriors South? Do you have it in you? Because also, Warriors South is like a never now, give up attitude. But get on now because on, we are going places. But if you hop on now, how can you expect to have that same tried and true fandom when you haven't experienced the heartache of the last eight days of losing two games yeah, in the like, series? Tough. It's tough. And I'll, I, could, I could send you a DM and tell you how tough it was. Like there, there have been tears shed. Yes. somewhere um but today <laughs> today we rejoice today we rejoice not only because we were shedding tears it was 32 points in about i think it was 
I think it was like four minutes left in the second quarter and they had 32 points as a team. And Kevin Herter went 17 minutes of just running around on the floor because he had zero points, zero rebounds, and zero assists. Like, how can you be that inept at your own profession? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just going for a jog. It's like, I understand getting a rebound now and then, but he also, he's like Duncan Robinson where he had like seven offensive rebounds the entire season. But still... It just anything, not an assist, not a, not a not a pass. Like seventeen minutes, nothing. That's that's not even a big court to hide on. Like, how do you hide on a basketball court? It's also the offense that has the most passes in it. Which, to be fair, everyone was missing shots. Like Bogdanovich had zero points. He had zero points. But I mean, it's it was so funny to have a zero zero zero, and they were down twenty four. At halftime, down 26 with about eight minutes to go, and it just, everything fell apart. It just, everything fell apart for Philadelphia. Not that, it's not that the Hawks did anything particularly well, just everything fell apart for so the Philadelphia So what does that tell you? 76ers. Like, if, if Atlanta actually do play well, Philly is screwed. <laughs> Cause, well, cause if they Atlanta, actually Atlanta play haven't well. haven't turned it on. <laughs> If, Phil- if Atlanta actually plays well, you'll have an 18-point comeback like they had in Game 4 <laughs> where the Sixers blew an 18-point lead because Trey Young just decided to go bonkers in the fourth quarter. And again, he looks like a potato. Yes, he looks like a potato with little sprouts coming out or a lollipop that has that, fallen that on, the on the floor. Yeah, yeah it, it's... Unbelievable, oh, and it's, they're it's about to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah, uh, do you know how many times like I've found myself like daydreaming of that ball that Kawhi shot that like bounced on the rim like fifty four times? <sighs> like I'm gonna have this now. I will have this- today, and I will have that bouncing ball that deprived Philly of that. Not that they would have won. They would still not have won because they're still still stupid. But <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> It's just, it's a day for the people, all of the people that aren't Philly. All of the people, right? Well, wow, you're extending this to not ju- just not Philly. Not I mean, even like everybody our- enjoyed today. No, I, I cannot, I cannot for a second think that anyone outside of Philly didn't enjoy today. They did. I, Everyone. Publatory, publatory. That's your answer. No, he, <laughs> he, for, fraud, fraud, fraud. He's a Knicks fan. Knicks fan. When it suits him, he's a Knicks fan. You know what? If you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterback. If you've got two teams, you've got no team. <laughs> yes, we have to have only the legitimate sports fandom. Exactly right. Like all me. All of your emotional stability. All of my <laughs> emotional st- all of my emotions into Warriors South. Yes. All of our emotional stabilities will go into this magical run of nine days that the Atlanta Hawks have been on. Or for me, about 19 months. But Well, you, you find somebody else who's had a better nine days than me. You can't find them. <sighs> nope. I, I don't think anyone's riding a better emotional high right now than that. Um, <sighs> nope. Atlanta Hawks, Warrior South, this is, this is, our, this is our time to rejoice because, again, they're also probably going to go up against the non-Kyrie Irving and non-James Harden Brooklyn Nets. Like, is it crazy to say that Warriors South can do this thing? Can they Can they make the run all the way to like, the Clippers? I don't uh, know. Who is going to fall over the line here? Like, who has enough bodies left to fall over the line 
and win this championship. I'm so glad that you brought this up because um, you listened to the show today. Habistro's crazy stat about potentially nine all-stars are going to miss a game if Chris Paul doesn't play for the Phoenix yeah. Suns. And that being 50% more than ever before. Yeah. Like, but it have that this stat in your face. Put that stat in your face. Now what you going to do with it? Oh, also, I'd love to just yell regression to the mean for 50 <laughs> minutes and have it be today's podcast because I make the joke all the time is that those are my favorite four words in the English language. And every time you're listening on the podcast, you hear me say regression to the mean. You have to take a shot. Um, the Utah Jazz. I, I have been walking around going, load up, load up, load up. <laughs> the Utah Jazz hit 17 threes in the first half and the, the NBA record is 25 and they went two for 20 in the second half. And I was just sitting in front of my TV screaming regression to the main regression to the main regression to the main. <laughs> See, if you just hang tough for long enough, you're still in it. <laughs> and then Paul George is going to come in and be like, you know what? bleep your regression to the mean because you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna hit like four threes in a row reggie jackson's gonna come in and be like yeah bleep your regression to the mean i'm gonna hit like three three pointers in crunch time over donovan mitchell Paul george is gonna come in and go hang tough <laughs> hang tough by the way degrom also hanging tough he now now he's literally doing that degrom is literally hitting in the runs that he's allowed this year and yeah, hang tough. <laughs> By the way, people, probably, people have no idea what we're talking about when we say hang tough. Unless you unless you are another Levitard super fan, you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> but you know what? I'm just catering to the masses here. And the masses are the ones that live in my Twitter timeline and they get it. Yes, they get the show. They get the show more than... <laughs> they hang tough. Yes. They know how to hang tough and they know what to do when they get that stat in their face and what they're going to do with it. I um, I saw that Habistro posted a graph and I didn't even look at what it was, but I just oh, liked it because I got it was a, a graph. Shot of it. And, I I got like, a... and it was just a line that then like dropped off a cliff and I was like, I don't even care what it is. It's great. It was win probability for the Philadelphia 76ers. That was just one, 100% is at the top, 50% is in the middle, and then 100% for the Hawks. And it's just 99, 99, 99, 97, 99, and then just all the way down right at the end. So good. It's literally, they had a 99.1% chance of winning the game, only surpassed by the 99.7% chance the Atlanta Falcons had to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Only surpassed by that. Have I ever seen anything that much of a guarantee just totally fall off of a cliff? Well, it's about time that that Atlanta as a city got one back. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. This is Warriors South. This is... 22-year-old Trey Young making a deep playoff run as everyone just falls to the wayside. Even on his own team, DeAndre Hunter's gone for the season. But as every as bodies just start falling left and right, only Trey Young will be left standing at the top of the mountain for Warriors South. <laughs> only child Trey Young, who looks like he's 47, will be left Yes, standing. looks like he's 47 and looks like a potato. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? I'd take that potato on my team. Yes. Potatoes are versatile. 
considering your team is now shopping Jalen Brown, I think you would absolutely How be dare happy you. to don't take you him. Say that in front of me. That <laughs> <laughs> so you're shopping. You're shopping Jalen Brown. For oh, just look, pennies on the dollar. Shop, shop. I love shopping. Shopping. Yeah. There's, there's no commitment to buy or or sell. You're shopping. Yeah, you're just shopping you're, for the you're right price. The Doesn't matter. No, Sometimes you're for, just looking. You're just looking to see if if a if a wonderful Bradley Beal is going to come up. You know what? And, if and you own up. a house, it's a good idea every now and again to get it evaluated. Like yeah, to know, especially, know, especially to know if you're living in worth. Florida right now. You know what? Yeah. Well, if you've got somewhere else to go. Um, you should you should know the value of your assets, and maybe that's just what they're doing. It would be, um, it would be negligent to not know uh, the value of what you have, because how could you insure against it? Well, this is the beauty of doing shopping, because sometimes you look at it, you see, oh my goodness, Jalen Brown has all this value, and then every now and then you just get a poop sandwich of Kemba Walker, and you realize exactly you have to right. attach draft picks to his trade. That's why those old people go to Antiques Roadshow to find out what their shit is worth. And we are taking yeah. Jalen Brown to Antiques Roadshow to find out what he's worth. That's all. <laughs> that, there's no commitment to buy or sell, guys. Just checking. No, I love this idea of an Antiques Roadshow in the NBA now because they're showing up and, you know, they're, they're meeting, you know, old Donnie. Old I just Donnie want to take you. my Kemba Walker and put him on the table. <laughs> yeah. And then you show up and old Donnie down in Houston's got a John Wall and you're looking at that and you're like, eh. You know, they've got got a little wear and tear on it at this point. In the NFL, they're like, the Texans Texans don't know the value of any of their assets. Nope, they're just showing up and trying to trade it for a nice Barcavius Mingo. They're just like, sell, sell. Or buy, in the case of Laramie Tunsil. We'll give you five first-round picks, basically. (laughs) We'll give you five first-round picks. It's like, you're doing it wrong. Dan had one of my favorite tweets ever. I still have it saved on my phone that basically the Dolphins 20 year curse that couldn't be solved by Bill Parcells or Jimmy Johnson or Nick Saban was ended the moment Laramie Tunsil smoked a gas mask. And somehow that is the moment that ends a 25 year curse that football's greatest minds could not solve. (laughs) (laughs) That's the the moment the curse is broken. The curse is broken right there. I love a good curse. I love a good uh, look as a as a Chicago Cubs you fan. I love a good curse. <laughs> I, I love the breaking of a good curse more more than I love an actual curse. But no, oh, yeah. curses in sport are great, and the seventy sixes have that, got one. Before you before you came on the pod, we talked about the Clipper curse and like why is this the Clipper curse? Even though an entire generation of fans has never seen the Clippers be bad been 10 years since the Clippers have been bad and yet the Clipper curse is still very much real it's why I fully expect Utah will win game six and seven now yeah I mean, Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard tearing his knee right before was like just a sign of the gods He's like nope you're getting too close you're getting yeah, too exactly close. right he, he was... <laughs> and today Paul George not being playoff P again not everyone's gonna get that but some people will like Paul George being good, there's going to be again regression to the mean. Yeah, I, I almost, I almost want to steal the the playoff P sound from Levitard, where they turned it into a, they turned it Allison, into an erectile dysfunction commercial, basically. <laughs> uh, because she doesn't work there anymore, maybe you can steal it. 
I, am I allowed to? I mean, technically, Look, I've got yeah. friends on the inside. Do you want me to just to just do it, and then if we get in trouble, I'll apologize. Yeah. Do you want me to just steal it and play it right now? Okay. So let me. Yeah. Take don't ask. Don't ask for. Yeah. Don't ask for permission. We'll ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Says Mike Ryan. Says don't ask questions on the air. <laughs> Dan, don't ask questions. Carl, don't ask questions. <laughs> don't ask questions on the air right now. Look, no. I can uh, apologize later. It's fine. Playoff P has been proven to work in the regular season for those who have struggled with moderate to severe postseason disappointment. It is not recommended as a first option. Do not take Playoff P while on Granger. Side effects include choking, heaving, not finishing, constipation, finishing early, and all-around disappointment. Playoff P is not for everyone. Call your doctor if you experience susceptibility to catfishing, kissy face, Australian sensitivity, paternity suits, the inexplicable urge to play for the Lakers, or thinking that dude's butt belongs to a lady. If you experience the loss of Oladipo, please call your doctor immediately. Get headed in a new direction with Playoff P. Oh, I, I feel like this is necessary. I feel like we have to play this. Super like, it, necessary. Just, it's super necessary. <laughs> Gosh, you're fast. You're way faster than me on the Levitard references. You're, you're sorry. You have, have no. You have mastered the art of working in small windows. I don't think I've gotten to that point in in listening to thousands of hours of Levitard and seven hundred hours of talking to myself on podcasts. I don't think I've been able to work into small windows yet. And yet, you have mastered the art. Of I do a podcast with twenty windows. people at once. <laughs> if if I can't get a one liner in, no one will hear me. No, yeah, and all of them are just trying to combine words all at the and same yes, time. When all one of them. Person... And, and you know what? I've got the best one. I, I have the best combination of words, and it has never come up yet. And it's a person's name, like first name, surname. It's the best, and I'm not going to drop it here, but it's the best one. <laughs> You're saving, you've got this I've got saved it. up in I've your got arsenal. It. And like, I want to DM Chris and be like, Chris, you need to find a way to work in this person's name and then shorten it. Like, but it's too good. It's too good. You got to save it. <laughs> I've, like, I've got to save it. But you know what? If it ever comes up, you heard it here first. I had it. Yes. We, we will save that in our arsenal and maybe take it to our Antiques Roadshow with a nice little Eric Look, Borden I'm, I'm turning up to. I'm, ter- I'm turning up to... Antiques Roadshow, and I'm putting Wesley Snipes on the table. <laughs> Is it wipes? Yes. Wipes. <laughs> and I don't even know how Wesley Snipes came into my brain, but it did wipes. one day. <laughs> oh my gosh. What, what would you trade Wesley Snipes for then at this magical Antiques Roadshow? If Wesley Brown. Snipes- for Jalen Brown, you would t- you would take you would give up this amazing idea that you've come up with it for Jalen Brown. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know what the, the Texans would give up a lot more. Yeah, you know you're probably right. Yeah, um, the Tex the Texans would throw in Deshaun Watson and a first round pick at that point. Yeah, yeah. but could you play him? I don't know. Not what's not going on year. there? Not till next year. Um, mm. It's amazing how like memories really short term in the NFL. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what you did. In terms of what's going on there, there's like three parts of it. There's the football side, there's the legal side, and then there's the everything morally and ethically wrong side. Yeah, but no <laughs> like, one cares about that. 
Yeah. No, people care about the legal and the the football side more than anything else. Because otherwise, it wouldn't be a story. Like creepy guy harasses twenty women. That's it's not a story unless you add name insert after it. Unfortunately, but but it's still it still doesn't matter. Like he's still going to be picked up. Like the the Chiefs pick up dodgy people. The Browns pick up dodgy people. Cowboys used to pick up dodgy people, but I think they're they're not allowed to do that anymore. Why? Because they're owned by dodgy people. Uh, I think I think they I think their like saturation point on that was <laughs> Greg Hardy. When they picked up Greg Hardy, that was kind of like okay, we're out of the pick up shady people game. <laughs> um, just too much negative publicity. Just at that point, we just we couldn't take it anymore. We're we're gonna let the, them go to other teams now and let them pick up the negative publicity. Yeah, but it hasn't seemed to be that negative. Like Tyree kills fine. Tyree kills fine. Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt's Cream a weird Hunt. situation. Fine. Like no one yeah. talks about that at all anymore. Nope. Uh, people remember it. Like when you say Cream Hunt word association, that's kind of yeah, what know. they do. But Antonio Brown, like you know, but pff, yeah, so what? Antonio Brown's Antonio Brown's strange because I feel like he kind of served his punishment. He like was like go away for a year and a half and then come back. So, yeah, that's that's not really how punishment works with law, but that's okay. No, yeah, in the weird jurisdiction of football, with Roger Goodell wearing a giant foam finger as judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, yes. in his in his creepy basement thing. Yes, in his creepy basement with his couch or with his comfy chair that for some reason they just had random people sit in during the draft. He has lounge slippers, doesn't he? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. And he he has matching ones with his wife. I'm guessing both of them have matching lounge lounge slippers. Oh, I think that's cute. Yeah, I th- I think couples doing. Does it say like, like Kamish and then Mrs. Kamish? Uh, see, now uh, I think you've taken it too far. I sorry, think, I there think is only one Kamish. Sorry, there's only one Kamish, and I'm sorry that is Sarah Spain. <laughs> uh, what do you? I wonder what Goodell's. I wonder what his friends call him. What do Goodell's friends? Raj. Raj. <laughs> is this like a Bobby Q situation? I wonder what his middle name is. Robert Quinlan Costas. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, I mean, people may... Uh, you uh, he really have, have to have to a good. He'd have to have a good middle name. He, he'd have a good middle name, I think. Oh my gosh. Okay, can you try and pronounce... I don't even know how to pronounce this. His middle name is S-T-O-K-O-E. It's like Lefko... But Stoko. <laughs> oh, Stoko? Stoko? I don't know because it's spelled like it's spelled K O E. So I don't know how you pronounce that. The only like it's like, the only thing I have to work with is Adam Lefko. But well, like Stoko. Tahoe, that's O E. O E. Stoko. Stoko. That's, that's not a middle name. That is not a name. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a real thing that is not a real name <laughs> thank you thank you that is not a real thing <laughs> uh, no i you should change it to quinlan <laughs> well this is unfortunate now because it's not a it's not a normal name so i don't i don't know how to make fun of that so that's unfortunate i don't i don't have the payoff there no, it's just that's a fraud name he made that up <laughs> That has to be made up. I've never seen someone with that name first or last. Like I don't know if there's a a, a long generation. Is it like of his mo- is it like his mother's maiden name or something? That's actually that might make a lot of sense, but still, I've never seen anyone with that last name before. 
It's no. Roger Stocko Goodell. No, his first wife was Jean Rice. Oh well. First wife? <laughs> no, like his mom. Like his mom. Oh, his mom. Okay. Yeah. No, Senator <laughs> Charles Ellsworth Goodell. That's such a better name. Oh. That is yes, but also <laughs> it, it sounds a Stocko? little too fancy. It's a little too fancy though. Like <sighs> Ellsworth, I like it. It's better than Stocko. Yeah, no. Roger Ellsworth Goodell. <laughs> Ellie. Are they calling him Ellie? Ellie Goodelli. Ellie. There you go. He's Ellie Goodelli in his group chats. We're, yeah. So, that kid got bullied in school. Ellie Goodelli got bullied in school. You <laughs> <laughs> can pencil that in. Ellie Goodelli was definitely bullied in school. Yes. Ellie Goodelli never got to keep his lunch money. Nope. Ellie Goodelli. Ellie Gadelli ends up the the kid who's unfortunate. Like his 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 best friend in school was like kind of his best friend, but also was kind of <laughs> he was yeah he had a secret best friend who didn't want to acknowledge him. Yeah, on the on the other side, he's like, you know, Ellie, <laughs> little Ellie Gadelli. <laughs> he was like, let's not beat him up today, and they like gave him the knowing wink, like we're friends, but don't tell anyone or I'll kill you. Yeah, pretty much. It's like it's like, look, you're you're a cool guy, but ultimately, I I gotta do what's best for me. You got <laughs> I gotta take that Kevin. You're Durant killing route. my street cred, Ellie. Yeah, no, I got I gotta take that Kevin Durant route, and then. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna have to put you in this locker. Act like it hurts. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got that, and and Roger like and Roger's totally in on it. Like he's like, look, I I get it, I get it, I I'm a. I'm a master negotiator, at least I will be in 20 years when it comes to... <laughs> I wasn't sure become... where you were going there. Yeah, master negotiator, okay. No, no, it's... Uh, yeah, no. no, and he, yeah, but so he he would have put some mail on it. If he he would have been like, oh, you're hurting me. Yeah, no, Roger, Roger or no, Ellie Gadelli is good at, at selling that for sure. Yeah, Sally Gadelli. When he makes his wrestling debut, he becomes Sally Goodelli. <laughs> Insert Hakeem Nick's laugh there. <laughs> that was that was good. That was good. <laughs> uh, anything I've derailed your podcast we again. Jo- we got any other jokes? Hey, that was our it was our most popular podcast of the week. So you know what? We'll take it. People prefer this than just hearing me talk about the Utah Jazz shooting two for 20 and Donovan What do you Mitchell's... mean? They don't like regression to the mean? Well, I mean, there's only so much regression to the mean you can feed to someone before all of a sudden well, Obviously, they... you need a song. Yes, we, we need a, a, a punk metal rock song that uh, for, that talks about regression to the mean. And and Levitard's already cornered that market. So we, we've, yeah. already, we've well, got I two think regression of, to the mean. I song. think that we need to just like shout out to Mike Ryan. Fantastic song. Yes. Excellent. Habistro. I I literally, I was the other day after he came on on Monday, I was literally singing it after the fact, like just having it stuck in my head, just like. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I, any, anytime I hear the word like face, like I will like get very aggressively in my boyfriend's face and be like, stand in your face. What yeah. You do with it. And he N- laughs because he gets the show. But at the same time, I think he's also a bit scared. No, I would be scared too. I'm scared just by like the fact it. that. No, yeah, yeah, I would be scared just by the fact that we have this mutual understanding that is like. Imagine listening to this right now and just having no idea what we're talking about, and just 
literally the other day I was like I saw this stat from Habastro and my brother like looked at me like what <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah that's right that, that wouldn't make sense to you Habastro yeah that that is most of my interactions with anybody else because like I, I drop these one-liners into every conversation I have nobody gets it of course not you have to get the show <laughs> and 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 not a lot of people down here get it so you know what? I'm just going to keep going with it. And one day I'm going to be in public and I'm going to drop a hang tough or, <laughs> or a you never know. And someone's going to get it and it's going to make my life. Yeah. No, I, I think having someone who understands your references and can bounce off of it is, uh, it, it's honestly, it would complete me. It would complete me as a person to just have someone who can bounce off those references. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's I, I'm 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 waiting for to drop a who needs me next time someone calls out my name. Who needs me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, there's only a, there's only a few thousand of us spread out all across the globe, and so the, the odds of meeting some of them are are very difficult. It's why I I, I wish those Moss Miami events would still exist because just a crowd of people who look. I have it on good authority that it's coming back. It's coming back slowly but steadily. Look, I've got, I've got it on good authority. I, I might have a date. Who knows? Okay, okay. You, oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you, you have exclusive information. We can break like Greg Cody on the podcast here. Well, look, it might have. I don't know where it came from, but like it, it might be this year. Uh, oh, oh, interesting. Wow. Okay. Wow. 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 I, I don't know. Maybe you could ask Santa. Oh my like, gosh. Morgan, you are betraying some confidences. I'm right not betraying now. anything. Santa tells secrets, doesn't he? I don't know. Does he? I'm, I'm foreign. I don't understand rules. Did you die? Just just went with or Santa. Oh, you, you disappeared. I couldn't hear anything. Nope, that's that is understandable. I just I hit him with a one liner. I was I was about to start singing Brill Cream just uh, just to fill time real quick there. If nothing came back. Brill cream. That was gonna be that was gonna be my dismount. That was gonna be the dismount on the podcast. Or just scream Warrior South again like we did last time. One of the two. I prefer that one. Warrior South! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.